What's going on, friends? This is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. You're tuned in to the Coruscant Radio Underground. May the Force be with you. Welcome back, Star Wars fans. This is Andrew from Coruscant Radio Underground. I'm here with Marisha. Hello. And this is going to be our spoiler-filled episode of the podcast where we're going to talk about the Rise of Skywalker. Now, this is just going to be a kind of a brief, we want to get something out there now episode. You don't want to hear an hour's worth of my opinions? <laughs> I've got them. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to do a 15, 20-minute episode and Great. just kind of hit some high points and, and move on. And then when we do our next full-length episode, I suspect probably our next several full-length episodes, we're going to take a real deep dive into The Rise of Skywalker. That's and fair. And hopefully when we do that, we'll have you know more people, maybe Daniel, maybe Robbie on board. Maybe yeah. we can do an episode and, and get some, some of our friends on, on here to do that with us. That would that be awesome. Us. So, so we went into this movie. We didn't really know what to expect. Like I was very optimistic. You were not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was excited, but apprehensive. And mm-hmm. But I think we kind of went in, you know. I think there were a lot of things that we just really didn't like about The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of us just outright hated and despised the movie. But I think there were a lot of things in those movies we could have done without. Yes. And so there was kind of this big question mark when we went in. And... Honestly, I'd never gone into a Star Wars movie that apprehensive, even with the prequels. I mean, right. I, I'm I'm a weirdo. I liked the prequels. Yeah, me too. But just kind of your general thought, like you've seen it, you've seen it three times. Three times. <laughs> yes. Are you happy? I'm so happy. I've seen it three times in as many days yeah, you've seen at it. this point. Yeah. And I enjoyed it just as thoroughly the third time as I did the first time. I was a little, I wasn't quite so jerked around emotionally um, as I was the first time I watched it. I'm pretty sure I teared up several times the first time. Of yeah, course, they, it's me. I, you know, I tend to tear up. They It hits you pretty hard the first time. The second time you brace yourself for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming. Yeah. Um, well, and pretty much anything involving Carrie Fisher was a little heartbreaking just because... You know, right? Because she really is gone. Yeah, that was my tearjerker. My biggest tearjerker uh, things I think were were there. Yeah. Okay. So we went into this movie with lots of spoiler or not spoilers, but there were lots of rumors that had been. There were yes. People. There were lots of spoilers. We managed to avoid those. I think. Yes, we avoided the what <laughs> the internet for the week before. I just didn't get on Facebook, didn't get on Instagram, Twitter, nothing. But there were a lot of rumors out there that ended up being true. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually called quite a number of things on our show. Yeah, that ended up playing out the way I thought they would. So there were a yeah. lot of things that they were really cool big moments. Yeah, but didn't necessarily necessarily surprise me. Right. Um, we'll get into some of that in a minute because we're going to talk about Ray's lineage. Right. It was you know it wasn't entirely unexpected. But right. There was at least a an inkling that it was possible. Although I still contend the arguments people were making for like the way she thrust that lightsaber was just like Palpatine. Yeah. No, that's a really stupid (laughs) argument for it. 
but the rumors were out there nevertheless. Yeah. And I think that the rumor the rumors popped up one place and then people were like, oh yeah, look at the way she uses her lightsaber. Yeah. I don't think it was the other way around. But there were big things that weren't necessarily huge surprises if you've really been keeping up. Right. But what was the biggest surprise for you in the movie? I was floored whenever Snap Wexley blew up. I did not think he was going to blow up. I mean, we knew his name. We had books about him. We've been watching him since The Force Awakens. He was in the visual dictionary. And poof, bang, there he goes. Yep. And, I mean, uh, and, it, and that wasn't like, I don't think, intended to be the biggest shock and all movie, move, moment of the movie by any stretch of the imagination. But that one I was unprepared for. You know, I wasn't super surprised to see Kylo Ren die. I wasn't super surprised to see him cease to be Kylo Ren and become Ben Solo again. Like there were a lot of things like whenever Ray says, you know, oh, Ray who? I mean, most of those things were, you know, if you, if you watch enough movies, you could have kind of called some of those things, but I did not think that one of our characters, typically the X-Wing pilots that blow up, you meet like two minutes before, but that one, that one threw me. I'm not going to lie. How about you? What's your biggest shock and awe moment? Um, it was, to me, one of the coolest moments in the movie. And it's kind of a two-part thing. But it's one of the coolest moments in the movie. And the thing that I just never thought I would get to see. It was when Luke takes Ray to find Leia's lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Tells her, you know, gives this exposition of the last time they trained together. When Leia completed her training. And then we got to see yes. Luke and Leia... Oh, man. You know, post-Return of the Jedi. That was awesome. Training with the lightsabers. And whatever people said about the digital work in Rogue One. You can't say it about that. No. Now, I mean, the lighting was pretty forgiving, you know. It, that, True. You know, so it, it's, but man, that was phenomenal. That was, I think, my big surprise moment was, mm -hmm. you know, and again, not a massive story point, mm -hmm. but just. The thing that just, I couldn't believe that I got to see that. Yeah. You know? And uh, a lot of the other stuff was, even though it was big, it was sort of expected. Mm -hmm. So as we kind of look at this, there's a lot of talk about a lot of Last Jedi fans are not, are, are offended, not happy about this. Some some are. There's, I think there's a lot more people in the middle to happy now than there are on the negative side. But there's a lot of people that are just really bent out of shape that he, I, you know, I guess that they're saying that he disrespected Ron Johnson's vision mm -hmm. vision. And I don't agree with that. I, I do think that he, uh, he undid some things and some of them sort of pointedly. Yeah. But I think, yeah, a couple of things seem pretty on the nose. Yeah. No, they're, they're not going to lie. You know, um, assertions of there's no rivalry. Well, and notwithstanding, Luke's comment about the Jedi's weapon deserves more respect than that. And of course, you know, he says, she's like, this is what you did. And he says, I was wrong. Yeah. So it's not a complete slap in the face. This is Luke showing character growth. This is him taking what Yoda told him at the end of the last Jedi. To heart. Yep. It is the natural progression for his character. Well, you know, and, and, you know, JJ Abrams said this in an interview um, earlier today or yesterday. Um, someone was asking, you know, about, well, what about the conflicts with Last Jedi? He says, well, the thing is, you have to remember 
where these characters ended and not where they started. Luke ended, you know, levitating on top of a rock, force projecting. You know, he got back in the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, his last his last act was to re-enter the fight and realign himself with the force. Right. And so he didn't end up sulking in a stone hut on Oct 2. That's not where his character ended. And so naturally, you, that's not what you expect his force ghost to be doing. Right. So as far as the, the connection to The Last Jedi, I would say that even though, yes, there are things that were pointedly reversed. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of arguments to be made that he took what Ron Johnson created with The Last Jedi and he built on it. Which is what you expect someone to do when they're making a movie. Because the big moment was not were not these nitpicky things that people are upset about that oh, he undid that. I can't believe he undid that. The big thing is he took this idea of this force connection between Ray and Kylo. This is our big story point. Right. That there's this, what we find out now, we're calling a dyad in the force. Right. That hasn't appeared for generations. Mm-hmm. So we've got that and we're learning about this connection and we're seeing, we had seen little bits of it in The Last Jedi and J.J. really took it and just went to a whole new level with it. So right. this movie and, is I mean, not and just... And I felt like The Last Jedi, well, and honestly, I felt like we saw little hints of it in the first movie. And they kind of upped it the ante in the second one and then yeah. just really pushed it even further in this one. We got some new characters, and we had talked about it on the show. There wasn't going to be a ton of time to develop new characters. No. Um, and we also talked about that any new characters that came on were going to take time away from some of our mm-hmm. existing right. third-tier characters. You know, Rose and and some of those characters who mm-hmm. who are there, and they're not unimportant, but they're they're not critical to... The Skywalker saga. They're not critical to the story that's being told. A lot of people are offended that Rose didn't show up more. And I, I think it's strictly because there wasn't enough time. And, you know, I think I'm with you. I think I would love to see more Rose later mm-hmm. in another context sure. because I think she's a good character. And I think that Kelly Marie Tran is really devoted to Star Wars. But um, there's no, I mean, this movie was just barely long enough as it was. So. We did get some new characters. Who was your favorite new character? Oh man, Jana was pretty pretty great. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm really something I was really excited to see was I was excited to see her um I was just I was she was so different um than than the other characters we've kind of come across, you know, um, the, the renegade stormtrooper, and I think that that's interesting because it it kind of helps with Finn's backstory a little bit because you know some people kind of were like, well, he's a storm, you know, he's he's a stormtrooper, he's been conditioned his whole life. Where does he come off just walking away? Um, but clearly, there's some kind of flaw in there's some kind of bug in the system because it seems to be a recurring thing. So right. I th- I think that kind of helps the backstory a little bit for yeah. for Finn. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, she was so great. I mean, she looked cool. There's, there's some other things that we're going to talk about in a second that may have also aided Finn. That's true. We did get these new characters. I, I think I'm torn uh, because 
just as far as just adding a level of fun to the movie, is Babu Frick. Babu Frick was great. I got the biggest kick. At first, I was like, this is just kind of weird. And then some of the things he says while he's working on 3PO (sighs) just had me rolling. Mm -hmm. But... Um, the character that I want to see more of is Zori Bliss. Yeah. There there was not another new character, maybe not another new character as far as the kind of second and third tier characters mm-hmm. that we saw anywhere in this trilogy that I went, I want to know more about this. Because mm-hmm. we didn't get to know very much about her at all. No. And I want to know more. Yeah, we see very little of her. But Yeah, I mean, some of that may just kind of be the Boba Fett effect where she yep. just looks really cool and you go... Mm-hmm. I got to know, like, so we got these new characters and, and like we talked about, there wasn't a ton of time to Dominic Monaghan's character was fun, but I mean, he, he didn't do much. He was just there to kind of push some conversations along. And yeah, um, I think he, mostly he was there because they needed some extra characters to kind of uh, fill out the footage they had with Carrie Fisher. Yeah. They needed him. They needed the doctor. They needed, they had a couple of people that they needed to just kind of fill out. And I th- I kind of got the impression that everybody was was really trying to tread carefully with Billy Lord's involvement um, on that particular set just because, you know, it was... Uh, in fact, initially they weren't planning for her to have any footage with Carrie Fisher at all. Wow. Any shared scenes, but she she said that she wanted one, so they wrote one in. Okay, so so we have this with the, the new characters. Now, where I think this movie stands apart from the rest of the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. is in character development. Yeah. I felt like Finn and Poe finally got to be the characters that we kind of wanted them to be all along. Right. And we finally got, I mean, 3PO was as much like, was more like C-3PO in the original trilogy than mm-hmm. at any other time we've ever seen C-3PO. Yeah, he was they, great. And that kind of goes with another point we kind of wanted to hit here, even though this is a short review, was I think this humor, I think the humor in this one yes. is the first time maybe since Return of the Jedi that Star Wars humor, that, that a director really nailed Star Wars humor. Yep. The the humor in the original I, trilogy is so good. Yeah. Now there are moments in the prequel trilogy where they get it, but there were so many, particularly in the Phantom Menace, just kind of childish humor. Yeah. That was Although I do feel like Solo's humor was pretty on, on point. I think Solo got a lot of it right, and the reason I won't say Solo is because there was also some humor that was so far outside That's of true. what Star Wars is has always been about that stupid that I, droid that particularly with with l3 that i there are a couple of lines that do not belong in a star wars movie that come out of that droid's mouth or in a movie period one, why one line in particular take it out if you had just taken that one line out that was totally unnecessary mm-hmm. and i'm not going to rant about l3 anymore um <laughs> sorry <laughs> what were some things you liked that they did with our existing characters Hmm. I think most of Where what I like, right? I think most of what I like stems from, and I'm really not talking about Ray or Kylo, even though we got fantastic development. I'm mm-hmm. kind of talking about our secondary characters and Ray. I mean, and, I'm sorry, in Finn and Poe, and you know some of the other characters we have there. Uh, where I feel like we really got to see who those characters were. They just felt kind of hollow mm-hmm. leading up to this movie. Well, and I think we finally got to see 
We got to see Poe finally decide to be a grown-up. He's not just a fly boy. He's finally got some responsibility and he's taking it seriously. And, and he really steps up. Um, I think that by the end of the movie, you really feel like, okay, he's going to be probably not a perfect leader, but he's going to be a leader that people will follow. And that's what you need. You need him to be someone that people will follow. And I think that he has kind of developed into that person. And and then Finn. Um, now, I have to say, I was not a fan of the idea of Finn being Force-sensitive. I didn't like it. I didn't think it worked. I didn't think that there was any way that a Force-sensitive kid could have been under the nose of the First Order for all of those years and nobody noticed. So I'll be interested. To, I'm sure at some point someone's going to address that. Because I still think that's a valid point. However, it was pretty cool. Yeah, getting to see him realizing yep. these things as, as the story progresses. And, you know, there was there was thought back in The Force Awakens that Finn might be Force-sensitive. Yep. And then The Last Jedi didn't touch on it at all, and most people gave on, up on that. Ray, uh J.J. came back to that, mm -hmm. and we get to see several moments, and by the end of it, you go, oh, he's Force-sensitive. Yeah. And... I do still have some curiosity. I, I, I still, like you said, I, I'm unsure. Like, you know, this this was a kid taken at a young age by the First Order. Like, how did they miss him? Now, the First Order is not the Empire. They're, they don't seem to necessarily be on a crusade to hunt down Force users. Maybe, maybe not. But you would still think they would be aware, especially mm -hmm. since, as it turns out, Palpatine has been pulling the strings the whole time. That's true. Yeah. Um, but it's also possible. I mean, there's a lot of explanations, and it can be as simple as the Force hid Finn from... And he just maybe didn't manifest. I mean, you don't see any Force, but, you know, yeah. you don't see really any manifestations except for that he, he can hold a lightsaber in the mm -hmm. first movie. Right. And, of course, we don't even know, like, what the exact story with that is. Like, right. that's old legend stuff as right. far as not, you know, non-Force users being able to wield a lightsaber. Um, so that's not necessarily even canon. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't always totally hold because Han did use a lightsaber. I mean, yeah, not with any finesse, though. He just sort of cut up in that tauntaun. True. And it smelled like our dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced that's so with they, the inside. Tauntauns on the inside. Turns out they smell a lot like our dog on the outside. <laughs> so, Ray is a Palpatine. She is. I was also not a fan of this theory at all. I know you weren't. And that's why I'm bringing it not. up here in this review is because you weren't a fan of it. But now that it has happened, I'm okay with I mean, okay, so... Really, the main reason I wasn't a fan of it is because I felt like all the arguments people were giving for it were so dumb. So, so dumb. Hmm. Like, all of their evidence was just like, that's not. But I think this is evidence of the fact that even a broken clock can be right twice a day. <laughs> because let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Everybody had a theory about who Ray was going to be, and somebody had to be right. right. Um, but... Honestly, I know that a lot of people feel that it takes away from Ray's merit, maybe. That she Well, I think they thought people thought that the story was better when she's just a nobody. Right. You know, I heard I saw somebody on Twitter say, just further proof that you can do anything and be anything if you're descended from someone important. 
but honestly, I took that I took it a very different way because and let's not kid ourselves. I think a lot of us can see things in our past, our families maybe, or our culture as a whole, things in the past that we are not eager to emulate. You know, things that we would like to move beyond. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. You know, segregation was a thing whenever my mom was born. You know, everything was still segregated. And I think as a culture that really has an interest in moving past some of the dark things in our past, I think the idea that your grandfather can be Stalin and you can be Mother Teresa is is important. You know, that you can, you don't have to be, okay, everybody doesn't, can't be forced into, everyone can't be remarkable, everybody can't be Einstein. And, you know, some people are, some people aren't, you know, as, as far as real world correlation. Um, some people are super smart as, as, because their parents were super smart and some people are just an anomaly. And I think that, you know, that's the same way that you see the force working. Um, but I think that the idea that you can be good no matter where you come from, that the terrible things in your past, the terrible things in your family, the terrible things in your legacy don't matter. You can move beyond that and you can choose to be good because let's not kid ourselves. It doesn't matter if you're brilliant. It doesn't matter if you're a savant. It doesn't matter if you're special. What matters ultimately for the world is that you choose to do the right thing, that you choose to be a good person and that you don't choose to do bad things for the right reasons, that you choose the light. That's what's important in the world. And I'm down with that. This this whole thing, like we're talking about, you can rise above where you come from. You're not slave to it. Right. It also, the, the story has always been about family. Right. George Lucas always said that this story was about family. And, it, and, it, and the twist at the end of this movie shows us that family is more than blood. Yes. The people who care for you and lead you and offer, offer you guidance and protection. The people who love you. So even though some people are saying this movie is no longer about love and hope and all these things, they're wrong. I, I, and it is still at its core. That is absolutely what this movie is about. I mean, because ultimately, part, I mean, and I always was not, I was never a fan of Raylo as, as a concept. I, I didn't like it because... I don't like the idea that it doesn't matter how terrible you are as long as you're, you know, have beautiful hair. I really didn't like the idea that, you know, it doesn't matter how terrible you are as long as you have a deep and abiding connection to someone and really great hair that, you know, that's enough. But, you know, so ultimately I didn't want to see Kylo Ren and uh, or Ben Solo and Ray walk off into the sunset together because honestly... He didn't deserve to walk in the sun off in the sunset with anybody. And I'm I'm happy to have seen him die doing something good. And I mean, and I do think that he loved her. And ultimately, 
she's probably better off without him. Yeah, I mean, we see him turn, and and that's, I mean, that's an assumption. We don't know, but I mean, well, his, he disappears, his, right? But his future, if he lives, is is you if he lives, so you take death off the table, is being tried for war crimes or getting the. Revan treatment, and he can disappear to the fringes of the galaxy to never be heard from again. But he doesn't get to just walk in and act, and everybody act like nothing happened. And honestly, I'm going to be a little bit of a feminist here and say, I don't want a story where this man can do all of these terrible things to all of these people and just get to be like, I'm sorry. And everybody's like, oh, we forgive you. We'll take you back into the fold. Because that's how that's how really bad things happen to right. relate. That's how that's a toxic relationship. And not to say that that he couldn't have earned back some position and some standing eventually. But sometimes when you decide to commit genocide, there are consequences. Well, and I think I think what he earned back was the what was his standing in the eyes of the only per- living person that he cared to. And he got to be at peace. Right. Because, I mean, I think we have to assume that Sith don't die and go somewhere peaceful. No, that's not what we've seen so far. Okay, so we're getting a little long here for what we wanted to do tonight. But just to kind of wrap up, we have always, me and you in particular, I, I don't, no, I don't remember if Daniel was really on this page or not. I don't think so. But the thing that we have maintained is that you can't fully judge the middle chapter of a trilogy until you've seen the end. Yep. So having seen the end, how do you rate this chapter or this this uh, trilogy as a whole? I'm a fan. Honestly, Um. At the end of The Last Jedi, you know, I felt like, yeah, I could go either way. Um, I mean, there were definitely things I loved about The Last Jedi, but I definitely felt that it had kind of started in some directions that I could have been really unhappy with. Um, But given where everything landed, um, I'm a fan. I, I really, I love the story. I love the arc. I love this installment of... The Skywalker saga, I think, and I think it ended beautifully yeah. where, where it started. Yeah, I'm, I think that I'm, I can be a lot more forgiving of a lot of the things in The Last Jedi now, knowing mm-hmm. where the story goes. Yeah. There are still a few things that, you know, I, I, not to keep beating a dead horse, but the Canto Bite segment of that story is, pre- is still pretty useless. Yeah, it it doesn't carry any weight for Finn's character really into this new chapter. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, if I'm being honest, saying that you could have had the movie without this chapter in it, without this portion of the story, is, is being nitpicky. And overall, I, I'm a fan of the trilogy. And yep. the third chapter is, in my opinion, the best movie of of the lot. And yeah. We'll have to uh, dig into our, I'll have to pull up our rankings, our, our movie rankings. Hmm. and Revise. We'll and... have to uh, figure out where The Rise of Skywalker fits into the equation. But hmm. unless you've got anything to add, that's going to wrap it up for our quick Oh, I've got spoiler. lots to add. Oh, no, but no, but not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. Tonight, I need sleep because how many hours did I sleep this week? Not while much. While making costumes? Not enough. <laughs> 
All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed the review. We hope that you will join the conversation and tell us on Twitter or in our email like what you thought of The Rise of Skywalker. We want to hear from you. Um, we're going to be doing, hopefully, right away, a full-length episode. And we'll also get the Padawans. And we're going to do, well, yeah, we'll do a Padawan episode here probably tomorrow. Yes. And... We want to know what you thought about it. We want to carry on this conversation into the new year. And we'll probably have a lot of conversations about this movie while we wait for them to tell us what's next. Yes. And I still contend, y'all, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. All right. So you can find us. You can find our Twitter account at Sci underscore Fictionary on Twitter. You can also drop us a line at Underground at gmail.com. And until next time, may the force be with you. Oh, <laughs>